Isaiah chapter 55, where our text today as we continue our studies through the book of Isaiah. Chapter number 55 for our text today. Isaiah's comforting words, the great poet of the Bible. One of my greatest regrets in life is that I didn't spend enough time talking to my mother. She died in the year 2000, and my father died in 2005. And often, and after my father died, I was going through some of his books, and I came across a Bible. And when I opened it, I realized it was my mother's Bible. Dad had kept it in a shelf next to his chair for the five years that passed after Mom died. And as I leafed through the Bible, found a wealth of wisdom that she had collected over the years, quotes and poems and songs, comments from various authors that had inspired her. She wrote quite a number of pages full of those things that had inspired her. Over the years, some of you recall, I have read her comments to you on Mother's Day out of that Bible. But the one thing I never expected to find was a note written in Mom's hand way in the very back of her Bible that said, I would like this Bible to go to Eric. Uh, I don't know if my father ever knew that the Bible was supposed to go to me. He kept it for five years after he died. My guess was he just couldn't part with it, which was okay. So after I read through my mother's notes in her Bible, I was filled with regret that I hadn't talked with her more. Seven years before mom died, she came down with a form of Parkinson's disease. And the last five years of her life were spent in a nursing home in Batavia. And the thing I never expected to happen was that mom lost her ability to communicate. Her disease took away her ability to express her thoughts. And so the last year of her life, I visited her nearly every day, and I talked to her for hours and hours, but she could never answer. All she could do was listen. I never dreamed that my mother, who was such an intelligent and communicative person, would get to the point where she couldn't speak. And oh, how I wish I'd talked with her more about the Lord, about the ways of God, and how to live life God's way. What I never realized was that the opportunity to speak with her was passing by. And when I realized what was happening, it was too late to do anything about it. One of the great opportunities of life passed me by, and I was unaware of that until it was too late. In our text today, we find a similar warning, a warning that opportunity may pass you by, and you will not be aware of its passing until it is too late. Now, we've been studying the writings of Isaiah, God's prophet, and his writing had a specific purpose, we said, to comfort God's people. 
And so he said so many positive things, so many encouraging words that lighten the load of life for us by teaching us to trust in God and to look to God for help and strength. But any good student of the Bible knows that the Bible also acts like a mirror to those who read it well. Careful study will reveal your own flaws and your own shortcomings, just like looking at yourself in a mirror. The Bible calls itself a mirror. Now, I can say to myself, I still feel young and strong, but when I look in the mirror, it never lies to me. (laughs) It says, no more red hair, it's all white. You're not so young anymore. Take a good look. (laughs) So the Bible, too, will tell you the truth about yourself. So Isaiah in chapter 55 will point out some of our flaws and weaknesses. Now you say, why is that good? So we can learn and change and fix who we are. So here we go. Isaiah 55, begin reading at verse Number one, ho everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, or he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat, yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Ho, it starts with ho, hey, or hey you, pay attention, look over here, focus your attention about what I'm about to say, and then the next two words, ho, everyone, everyone. Often when we hear a Bible passage about God and about salvation, we say, well, hey, I'm already saved. Jesus is my Savior, and I already have salvation. So I'm just going to click my mind off because this passage doesn't apply to me. I grew up with people like that. On Sunday night, we always went to church They came to church, stood up, and they gave a testimony, the same one every week. They said, I'm thankful for my salvation, and I'm thankful I'm going to heaven, and then they sat down. And they were some of the meanest, miserablest, most hard to get along with people I ever knew. The point is, once you're saved... And once you're going to heaven, you are not all done with God. The goal of our lives should be to get closer and closer and closer to God every day of your life. Every day. If that wasn't the goal, I would not stand here. I wouldn't stand here. If the goal was just to get you saved and send you on your way, I wouldn't stand here. I'm here to help us all get closer. Yes, you've met him and he's forgiven your sins and that should be a source of great joy. It's true. But by all means, go on. Form a relationship with God until you're close to him and until you know him very well. So Isaiah says, everybody come. Come on, everybody. I have an invitation. He says, everyone is invited, especially if you are thirsty, come. 
Now, there's three drinks here for you to have. Water, with its refreshing and life-giving qualities. And then it says milk. Milk is for nourishment. All babies must have milk to begin their lives. They must have nourishment. Milk nourishes and strengthens your soul. And then wine. In the Bible, it always represents joy and celebration. You recall Jesus made wine for a wedding, a happy occasion. So water and milk and wine, or life, nourishment, and celebration. That's the invitation. And then a most enticing bit of invitation It's free. (laughs) There's no money needed. Now, I never go to garage sales because I always tell myself, if people are getting rid of things they don't want, it must be stuff I don't need. (laughs) So the other day, I drove by a lawn chair on the side of the road, and I said, I don't need that lawn chair. I drove by But as I was going back home again, I passed it again, I saw a sign with one word, said free. (laughs) So I stopped and I picked it up and I said, I think I need this chair. (laughs) After all, it's free. It's free. So the invitation is every thirsty soul should come and drink water and milk and wine. No money is needed. The sign reads free. Now verse 2. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Here is the stubborn person who will pay any price for whatever they think will satisfy their inner hunger. They feel the inner need that is not fulfilled, but they refuse to drink the free water and the free milk and the free wine that is offered, they are unaware that the reason they feel inner hunger and thirst is because God put it in them. And so they'll try anything except for what's offered. Why, says Isaiah, why don't you come? You could fill your soul with the things that make you fat and healthy. But you won't come. Verse 3 and 4, incline your ear, come unto me here, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Verse 3, if you would only listen, listen to me. And your soul will thrive. He said, King David listened. And then he came and he drank the water and the milk and the wine. And because King David came, God 
made promises to David. And David led his people in the right way. If you just listen to the cry of the heart of King David, you can hear it over and over through the Psalms. Psalm 42, as a heart panteth after the water brooks, <coughs> so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Psalm 63, David once again, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. And Psalm 84, how amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. David called out to God and said, I'm thirsty for you, God. I long for you. I want to be in your house. And God made promises to David. He said, I'll bless your house forever. So come, God will keep his promises. Come, he says, like David did. Come with that same hungry heart and desire. Come, won't you just come? Verse 5. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, nations that knew not, these shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God, for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. People all over the world are accepting this invitation. As a matter of fact, he says, people are running, running to get to God. And accepting the invitation and drinking the water and the milk and the wine. So he says, come on, people are running for this. Join in the rush to partake. Come to God. Verse number six. Seek ye to the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord. He will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. There is between God and us distance. We are not naturally born close to God. We have ways, that is, things that we do, which he says are bad things. God also has ways, things that he does, God's ways, he says, are way higher than ours, higher than the heavens above the earth. We do wrong things, he does not. And you may say, well, I don't do anything wrong. I don't have wicked ways. I'm not like that. Okay, well, then he gave us something else to think about. How about this? How about your thoughts? Bad thoughts, 
Can you sit here today and tell me you don't have bad thoughts? He says, you got evil ways and bad thoughts, and you can't get close to God because of it. His thoughts and his ways are so much higher than ours. And if we cling to our ways and our thoughts, you'll never get close to God that way. So he says, forsake those things. The things that separate you from God and put distance in between you and God, stop doing them. Stop thinking that way. Abandon those things. Now, my friend, I tell you the truth, and you know it already before I say it. Do you know how hard it is to change the way you think? Your mind is trained to react in certain ways. Habits are very, very hard to break. Can you break those habits? Can you change the way your mind works? I don't know about you, but I got to have some help with that. So verse 6 becomes the main verse in this whole chapter. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him when he is near. There is between you and God distance separation in order to fix what's wrong you got to seek God out pursue God follow hard after him and then call out to him oh God hear me and help me but then I find one chilling word in this passage it's that word while w-h-i-l-e while is a measure of time we ask somebody, how long does it take? Well, it takes a while, we say. So to seek the Lord while he may be found, that is, in the time given, seek him. There is a time when he will be found. And call upon him while... He is near. There is a time when he is near, and it implies to us that at certain times he is not near, and at certain times he will not be found. Thus Isaiah gives us this warning. Time may be passing you by. Opportunities may be slipping away. And you might argue and say, well, I thought God was everywhere. I thought God was omnipresent, always nearby, uh, because he is everywhere. So how can it be that I can only reach out to God at certain times? My friends, the distance is in us, not in him. We're trying to satisfy our soul with something other than God, like it says in verse 2, spending money on that which does not satisfy, using our energies looking for something that's not the answer, and we are ignoring 
the invitation to come. And I really suppose it's easy enough to prove that. You can ask yourself, when there's a choice, to go to the game or to go to church, does God come in last? And you can say that about anything. Vacation and God. Does God come in last? Shopping and God. Camping and God. Your recliner and God. Is God the second choice? If so, there's a distance between you and God. So what do we do about the distance? I can't explain this, but sometimes you hear a song on the radio and it wakes you up. Some Bible teacher on the radio says something and you hear it and you say, wow. A sermon may speak to you. A Bible passage that you read at home gets you thinking. Or you see someone else who is an example of good Christian behavior and you pause for a moment and you think and for that moment you feel drawn to God. question is, will you come or not? Many years ago, I had a very good friend named Jim. He said something to me that I never, ever forgot. We were playing a game of pool. And he said to me, that accepting Jesus as your Savior stuff, I think you should put that off as long as you can. That was... 50 years ago. As far as I know, he never did come to Jesus. He was thinking about it. He was considering it. He even thought it was something you should do, but not just yet. Not right now. 50 years ago, God was close to him. Fifty years ago, God was near. But he chose distance. As far as I know, God never came that close again. The Bible says it this way. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Whenever I talked to Uncle Ed, he always looked me in the eye and he said, there is no time like the present. Oh, the tragic situation. God was near. God could be found. And the time passed by and we were unaware and we let the opportunity slip through our fingers. Distracted by life, we let eternal life pass us by. My friends, well, the voice of the Holy Spirit of God is whispering 
in your ear. Isaiah says, incline your ear. Hear the voice. Respond to it. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. Hear, heed the warning. Hear the voice. Verse 10. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven Returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth bud, that it might give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. We water the flower gardens a lot around here, trying to keep them growing. We do everything we can to keep them going. And then it rains. One rain and they grow like crazy. I can't figure it out. I mean, I wish I could. But one rain does more than me watering for weeks. Because that's how God works. Rain and snow, he says, come down and they water the earth and the plants grow and the flowers all blossom and the fruits grow and the grain is harvested. It's all blessings that come from God. His word, he says, also makes our hearts grow and our souls develop. And he says, I want to satisfy your soul and fill it up with life and nourishment. And I want to bring joy and celebration to you. My words will bring those blessings to your heart. Come on and come. Verse 12. You shall go out with joy, be led forth with peace. Mountains, hills shall break forth before you into singing. All the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. What a picture of life it is here when you get close to God. <laughs> you start out on life's journey, he said, beginning, going out. You have joy and peace. Then suddenly, he says, the hills, the mountains all around you start bursting into song. And even the trees celebrate and clap their hands. That's a happy scripture, isn't that? When the breezes blow and you can hear the leaves rustling in the wind, do you ever think the trees are clapping their hands? Huh? With joy because of God. When we live close to God, he says every thorn turns into an evergreen tree. Imagine that, covered with Christmas trees all over. Every thistle becomes a myrtle tree. My friends, that's what happens when God has his way. Let him have his way with you. Come and drink milk. Nourish your soul with the love of God. Come and drink water. Feel the refreshing that comes into your life. Come and celebrate. Join the trees and clap your hands. Whatever you do, don't let the opportunity pass you by. When God comes near, grab a hold and hang on. Like old Jacob back in Genesis, 
God came by, Jacob saw him, and he tackled him. And God said, let me go. And Jacob said, I will not let go until you bless me. And God was very pleased with Jacob. And he'll be pleased with you if you grab a hold and whatever you do, don't let go. And whatever you do, don't let it pass you by. There's an old gospel song. It's called, I Would Not Be Denied. It says, Jacob grabbed a hold of God and let go for, hung on for all he was worth. And God said, what do you want? He said, I want you and I will not be denied. I will not be denied. Trust that we be that possessive of God in our life. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the wisdom of these passages, for the invitation that comes with a warning that there are moments in time where God is right there. If you just come, help us, Lord, that we might see that there is a great error in putting that off. Make us wise to understand and get a hold of God right now while we can. There is truly no time like the present. So help us to trust in you with all our heart and find a new strength to help in time of need. Bless these people because they have been here today. Do something special for each one and call them closer and closer every day. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Closing, I can turn to your hymn book to hymn number 230. Standing as we sing, close to thee, all along my pilgrim journey, Savior, let me walk with thee. Standing as we sing, 230, close to thee. Page 230. Thou, my everlasting portion, more than friend or life to me, alone my pilgrim
close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we pray that we would see that great need to come close to you. We pray that we would see that that water is free and the milk and the wine. May we come to you and seek you while you may be found. May we never forget the joy that comes to our lives through you. May we always remember and always seek, give our whole hearts and our whole lives to look for you. Lord, may we not give up. We ask that we would fight for those things in our life and not let them go by us and not let the opportunities pass. Help us on this day. Turn our hearts, we ask. Soften us to see these things. Protect us all and be with us. Watch over us and bring us back safely to this place. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.